0: And turn your Bible to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. As we continue uh, on this impromptu series on trauma in the life of the believer. I believe the Lord is going to seal the first part of the miraculous work he did Sunday. And guys, I don't throw that word around. I have got reports. Of multiple miracles, relational miracles, mental miracles that God is just people that are healed from His glory. Can someone say "Amen"? amen. And so we're gonna follow up on this today. Uh, this is the story of Lazarus, uh, of friend of, Ma- of Jesus, brother of Mary, Martha, and Lazar- uh, Mary and Martha. And if you'll skip down with me to verse 22 or 21. And Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said, always look to what Jesus said. They said, if you'd have been here, Jesus said, your brother's going to rise again. And Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And you know, that's what Christians do. We believe in, oh, I know God did this in the past. And I know that in the coming day of the Lord, he's going to do this. But they don't believe in God today and believe to God today and for God in the, in the day. And she said, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection And I am the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And what he's saying there is, I'm not just the resurrection. I'm not just going to do the resurrection in the last day. I do resurrections when I please. I bring them back. I bring them back. I bring them out of bondage. I bring them back from the grave. I bring them back. I am him. And if he's here, then what he does is here as well. And he said, he that believeth in me, though he dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And here's the henchpin. Do you believe this? That's what he told her. She said, Lord, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And that's a wonderful answer, but it wasn't an answer to the question. He didn't ask her who he was. He said, do you believe? when she had so said, she went her way and she called Mary privately. The master's come and he's calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. And when Jesus came into the town, he was in the place where Martha met him. And the Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, she rose up hastily and went out and followed her, saying, she's going to the grave to weep there. And then she saw him and she fell down at his feet. And she said the same thing her sister did. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And the Jews said, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that this man should have not died? And Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been in the dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, did I not tell you that if you believe you'd see the glory of God? They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I'm saying this, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he'd thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus turned to the others and said, Loose that man and let him go. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, Good thing he put the word Lazarus in front of that command. Because if he didn't, everybody that ever died would have got up out of the ground. Well, that day's coming soon enough. When the Lord's going to descend from heaven, he's going, come home. And we which are alive and remain are going to be changed and transported and taken out of here. I'm not a, a technological nerd of anything, but the title of this message is Lazarus 2.0. There was the Lazarus, you'll catch where I'm going just a There was the Lazarus before trauma and there was the Lazarus after trauma. Oh, that God would grant the miracle of resurrection in this house. God, thank you for today and all that you've planned. I humble myself as lowly as I know how to go. I can't help nobody. I could hardly encourage someone. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by the ability of someone to articulate a thought. It's by your spirit, God. And that's what we look to. Jesus Be Lord of this church. Flex in this house today, Lord. Show your right arm. Let it happen today, God. Breathe on people. Bring them back from the dead, I ask, Lord. I ask you for your glory's sake, God. And let the people leave today saying, this much I know, Jesus was in that house today. And I thank you in advance for it, Father. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Instead of main points, I've just kind of got some sub-points I want to talk to you about today. It's going to be kind of like a fat man going through a barbed wire fence. Here point, there point, just right down the line. That was a joke for those of y'all that didn't participate. I submit to you that no matter how traumatized you are, there is no greater trauma than that which ends in death. You can grieve yourself to death. You can cancer yourself to death. You can have mental illness drive you to death. Regret can drive you to death. But Lazarus is a perfect type for this study today. Of what do you do when what's happened to you in life kills you? The the, the you that you once were. Or utterly kills you. It doesn't matter how far gone. Jesus is the resurrection. That's all you got to know. You don't have to try to piece this back together. If you know that. And you look towards him. You have available to you all you need for a reboot. So let's start together. Number one. Not every trauma is deserved or fair. They said in verse 3 of this same chapter, Jesus, the one who you love, is sick. And a couple verses down it said, Now Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. There's a lot of us that have been traumatized because of stupid choices. Is anybody honest enough to say amen? Your pastor paid some stupid tax over his life. Good, great day. Some of our trauma... Is self inflicted. And other people, Jesus Himself said, Why are you trying to figure out if this man his blindness is because he sinned or his mother sinned? Watch. He said, Neither one. It's so that there might this blindness might bring glory to God. Now that's hard for us who are temporal, linear minded to see how can my trauma, how can it bring glory to God? By resurrection. By resurrection, most people that I know, the thing that hurt them the most wasn't deserved. No child, no child, no baby deserves to be abused. No one deserves to be abandoned or neglected. Very few spouses deserve to be Abandoned or left? You didn't deserve for some company to steal your retirement? You didn't work your whole life to get the malignant diagnosis? Listen, being a Christian does not exempt you from trauma, but being a Christian gives you access to the one who is the resurrection and the life. He doesn't take me out of the world. He walks with me in it. He doesn't exempt me from it. He carries me through it. And if he doesn't heal me in this world, don't cry over that. Because when I close my eyes in this world and I open them in the next, I say, don't pray for me no more. I'm fine. I'm good. I not only know it through the scripture, I know it experientially. I was in the room with Miss Grace Atkins from Northside Assembly of God who was dying, hadn't moved in weeks. They said, she can't hear you, she's not there, she's gone, it's just a matter of time, the machine's pumping, uh, keeping her going and me and the pastor were in the room and we read some scripture and sang some hymns over her. And then all of a sudden, God is my witness with no exaggeration. She shot up in that bed with as much aliveness as any one of you. She goes, glory, glory. I see the sun seated next to God. And then she died. When that happened, I fell on my face. I was afraid to move. The glory was so thick in that room. And see, here we are. We're so consumed with how our trauma has left us, listen, one side of the Son of God, one touch from his hand, and all these synapses that didn't work, said, "Grace, that don't work. You can't feel that no more. You can't see." She sat up, articulate, full of strength, hadn't eaten in a month, and she said, "Glory, glory!" Oh, you believe that God did it for grace in that last moment, but don't believe that He can do it for you in this moment. Oh, man, come on. Life's not fair. Well, fair is not biblical. And man, we, we, listen, the one thing that's bad about telling your stories is somebody on your row can match your story and raise you. Said, I'll see your trauma and raise you double trauma. Yeah said, our house didn't have no heat. They said, you had a house? <laughs> you follow me? Number two, in our free will, God does not often prevent. But in his grace, he is eager to heal. It said, when, he had there, when Jesus heard that he was sick, he still stayed where he was for two days. This is verse 6 and 11. And he said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Or he's died now, but I'm going to go that I might wake him. I don't know in just a few moments if I have a theological answer for you that would satisfy your woundedness of why God didn't prevent. Except that he gives us free will. Could he prevent? Yes, but if, you're not, if you don't have free will, then you're made to be a certain way. And then how can God reward someone who was made to do works that were worthy of reward or he made you to do sin to be judged by sin? God could have prevented my daddy dying. I have two holes in my heart today. Two limbs that I'm probably going to carry to the grave. And both of them left me. He could have prevented that. But his glory has not been seen in most of our lives and by what he's prevented, but in what he restores. Now, I ain't seen my dad for 50 50 years this year. And when I get home, he's going to be standing there and I'm going to know him as I've been known. And I'm going to be just like a little boy and say, Daddy, come here, son. See, the resurrection's got the answer for your sorrow. And got the answer for your pain. It, God God doesn't, he, God doesn't prevent. that's primarily true. but he's so eager to heal. He gives you other men that are father figures. He replaces those that walk out with those that'll stay and, he, and, it, and, and it's not that you know some of us would go back and undo and others. Do you understand that the thing I prayed most for in my wife, in my life, the thing I prayed most for, if he had answered that prayer, I would not have this beautiful woman and my three babies. Do you understand? I think we get hung up on the, if you'd have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died, instead of, what you gonna do now that he's died, Lord? Man, that, that phrase, that expectancy, that hope, the one that has expectation and trust in the Lord shall not be ashamed. Number three, God knows. He said, Lazarus is dead. I think God's saying to us today, and I said, I know who you are, and I know where you are, and I know how you are. I'm current with you. I know what doesn't work anymore. We talked about this last week. I know you you don't laugh anymore. Funny things. I know you don't cry anymore at sad things. I know you feel like a ghost. I know that you're living your life out of memory. I know how bad it's gotten. I know how you long for the before. And listen to your pastor. I don't don't say this arrogantly or without compassion. You can be so consumed with what was lost that you don't see who's in front of you. Lord, if you'd have just been here, can't can't we say as well, if not first, Lord, I don't know why you didn't come, but you're here now. Can't we do that in fairness? All this behind me, I'm not going to say it was good, because it wasn't. You can search all day long. There wasn't nothing good in it, but all I see in front of me is good now. If my eyes are on you, then all that you are is present with you. I think if we would just start living through the windshield instead of the rearview mirror. And there's a reason the windshield's bigger. It is safe to say, and those of you that were with me during that horrible period in my life, you saw it. It's safe to say that I had no idea... What he was gonna do, but all the while he was doing it anyway. I submit to you, our problem is not what's happened behind us, it's that we don't see who's in front of us. All of us got scars, man, all of us have wounds. And we are going to limp into heaven. I know you heard some televangelists say you're going to be Superman and you're greater than Jesus and you can do better than Jesus and you just fly to your next destination. Some of y'all go through portals and some of y'all see angels every day and you're just superhuman. Well, let me tell you my, 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 my story. I limp, got one eye hanging out, one arm's dragging. Life has beat, listen, life has not been kind to me. Facebook comes up and flashes up. Ten years ago today, I said, put that, take that down. I look like I've been dropped from a helicopter in Beirut, you know, dragged by a horse. It's okay to look at things as they are, but I'm going to get me a new body. And tell him, don't save no parts when you give me a new one. You can scrap all of it. Ain't no value Ain't no value in it. But God knows. And, and there's a comfort in that, that he knows me personally. He bottled my tears. For three and a half years, all I did was cry. Every day, all day, and all evening. The doctor told me, he said, you have cried so long that your heart is Sitting in a pool of adrenaline. It could just stop any day. I'm not saying that to make you feel sorry for me. I'm just telling you that he saved them all. He said, John, I'm watching. And here's my question to you. If life is so bad, picture a slingshot. And you're losing, and you're losing, and you're losing, and you're losing, and you're losing. What's going to happen when God tells the devil to let go? What if your life goes As far that way as the loss was that way. It will. Some in this world and in the one to come. Eternal life. God knows. Some of us spend all our time praying. We call it our quiet time. We're just updating God as if he doesn't know. Lord, sit down. You ain't going to believe what happened Tuesday. We're going to tell him all about what happened. And if you can get to opening your prayers with my father, you know. And from there, tell him what you see and what you believe. Number four, you have to stop being consumed with what could have been. Lord, if you'd have just been here, my brother would not have died. Now, this is easier said than done. But can your pastor tell you something from experience? I just offer it to you. I'm not telling you what to do. That is a loop that you never get off of. You just start over and loop. You just start. What would have happened if our baby would have lived? You start over. I'm not minimizing it. If he hadn't have left, if she hadn't have left, if, we, if we'd have just done this, if we wouldn't have moved. What, the devil's always trying to get you, he tries to steer you. Into impossible situations where you look to yourself and there's no answer. What would have happened? What would have happened? I I don't know. I don't know. But I can't be consumed with what could have been. But I can be accurate in what is. Next week, if the Lord allows, I want to talk about this, about taking inventory. Jesus did this a lot. When there wasn't enough food to feed everybody, he said, What do you have? Let's take inventory. Let's see what we got. Now watch how the watch how the Lord starts to heal. Every time he interacts with us, he's the truth, right? I ain't got nobody. Okay, you ain't got nobody. Let's see who you have. Let's take inventory. And then you got a mama that prays for you day in and day out. You have a grandmother that prays for you. You've, uh, your husband left, but you've got six men figures that love you and check on you and all these things, and you realize by the time you're done. So who do you got left? Well, uh, 38 people. I thought there was nobody left. Well, yeah, that just sounded better when I told the story. you got to focus Number five, on the person and power of Christ. Stop being consumed with what could have been. Just stop. Just get off the track of that and focus on the person and power of Christ. She said, but I know that even now, whatsoever you ask of God, he will give it to you. Simple, listen, in times of trauma, simplify your life. Just ask yourself, do I see Jesus? I need to see Jesus more clearly than I see what's behind me. I need to talk to him more clearly than I talk about what's behind me. I'm about to bring this home in a way that it's going to hit some of you. You're going to go, oh my goodness, I haven't thought of this before. You need to, number six, know more clearly what God has said than what has happened. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you know God's promises as clearly as you know your story? No. Well, somebody said, how you doing? Well, and we'll talk for a half hour. On the tr- It's reality. It's truth. And then they said, but the Lord's able. So the Lord gets four words and the trauma gets 45 minutes. What if we said, what if Mary and Martha said, I don't know why he waited, but he's here now. You see? See how that changes? Who's here? The water walker. The one that heals blind eyes. The one that makes the deaf hear the lame walk. The one that turns water into wine. The one that hates funerals. Oh, the one that hates funerals is here. One time Jesus was walking and there's a funeral going by him and they had him on top of the little... Pieces of bamboo, they called it a beer, B-I-E-R. And a mama was taking her only son, and Jesus just stopped and reached up and just touched him. And the boy sat up and he goes, Gotcha, mama. And he just keeps walking, you know. No one even asked him. He said, I don't like funerals. What happens? What happens when you bring before someone a need? That the other person is perfectly designed and desires to meet that need. Without being too graphic, can I just tell you an illustration that nursing mothers have told me? They said, When I'm nursing, if a desperate cry of a hungry baby happens, I will lactate at the sound of that other baby. (laughs) Because I am a mama. And mamas meet the need of the child. I didn't choose to do it. It's just, it just comes out of me. Now watch. Jesus said, one place in the Old Testament, he said, I am the full-breasted one. Look it up. And he said, I am the resurrection. So when he gets around dead places, it just pulls out of him. John, come here. Come here. Why? Because it's dead. And I I can't just hear you cry at home without doing something about it in my house. I I can't hear you hungry and me not feed you. I I don't do funerals. I don't like funerals, John. And see, we think death is the final spot, and death is the qualifier to catch the eye of the resurrection. <laughs> Isn't that rich? Dead people don't pray good. I just submit that to you. You're you're so worried about your part in it that you don't do your part. Your part is just to say, where is the Lord? John can't help me. The disciples can't help me. I love you, but you can't help me. I need the Lord, and those that look for him shall. Mm, Thank you, thank you. Oh, we're getting there. Y'all waking up took a while but we're getting there number seven take jesus to the place take jesus to the place verse 34 jesus said where have you laid him and they said lord come and see have you who have experienced trauma and trauma i mean we all have but you're you're messed up from it it's identified you it's put you in a cave of darkness or aloneness or helplessness or it's past your ability to navigate have you took Jesus to the place where hopelessness won to the place where trauma birthed hopelessness where all expectation was buried in darkness I can take you to the two places that I was on the precipice of going under. And I had to go to that place and said, Here, here's where I almost didn't make it, Lord. This, this is the place of my rawest feelings, my deepest wounds. I, I don't want to at all make today about me. It's not about me. It's about you. But can I tell you, I still have nightmares. Probably three or four a month. But there's more to my life than the nightmares. You see, all the devil has is smoke and mirrors and subconscious. Because while I'm conscious, I see Christ high and lifted up. And see, we say, well, if you were well. No, 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 baby. I'm well. I'm happily married. I love being a daddy. Heaven is my home. I'm good. I'm fine. But you but you need to you need to take Jesus to the place and deal with the where's the place where you quit? See that, that's, that's that's the tomb. It wasn't the place that Lazarus quit, it was the place that Mary and Martha quit. See? Number eight. Avoid those, avoid those who see God as responsible but not available. So some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that this man should not have died? Oh, those religious people. They want to make it all theological. Could not Jesus have done this? I don't know why the Lord didn't help you. He cured my uncle. Your, your, your uncle died. Thank you, Sister Death. I really appreciate that very much. Couldn't God have done this? I don't know why God has not done this. Avoid those people who see God as responsible for your trauma but not available to it. Just don't spend no time with them. Just, listen, I can't get my own life fixed up. How am I going to fix up these crazy people? Just just tip off. I have a buddy of mine, if I called his name, many of you would know him. But he said when people just talk stupid about especially spiritual stuff he said i'll go like this i'll just hold a blink for like five seconds i go and then they look at him like what he goes what what would you do what do i do and i said why do you do that he goes i don't know just one day i did it and it was fun so i i do it (laughs) just a couple more and this is the meat of today's message Number nine, don't ignore the stone. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been dead four days. Don't forget about the stone. The stone didn't keep Lazarus in. The stone kept them out. God says, move the stone away. I want you to watch what I'm going to do here. I want you to see the dynamics of this. Now look, Martha said, and she was accurate. She just wasn't in the spirit. She said, Lord, he's stinking right now. I know. Watch. So if he's decomposing in an above ground cemetery, then when they roll that stone back, that pungent odor wafted out. Everybody around it got to smell it. Here's what I want to submit to you. We are so afraid that someone is going to see or smell our decomposition that we don't let the Lord do what he wants to do. Hey, it's so bad now. (laughs) I know you don't believe this, but you can get to a place where you don't care. All right, y'all are staring at me. I have to give examples. I know y'all. I've been with you 30 years. Like, hmm, I'm not like, well, here's the woman. Who, she's just so petite and particular, and, you know, she's just so measured, and makeup's perfect. Earrings are balanced. Everything, leg crossed, hands on the leg. Modest, modest. You couldn't get her in one of those little uh, uh, hospital robes, the snap in the back. Here I am, 245 pounds. I said, this got two snaps. You better bring me some old snaps. Up in here to cover up. You know. They would. They just. Give me two. And I'll wrap them together. You know. You know what I mean. You can hurt so bad though. That same woman in maternity. I watched this in a hospital. I'm describing someone. Who doesn't go to this church. Just as neat. Prim proper. Never raises her voice. You know. Wipe your mouth like this. You know, just. Just proper. Perfect. She, She started to crown. I don't know if this is too much information. She's. You know, and they said I'm going to do this with no drugs. I'm going to do this natural, and then they're just laying in the bed. Drugs! Can we have drugs? There's no comment, just drugs. This woman said. She said, while I was in the room, she goes, "Can anyone see anything coming out of here?" Now, I know that's on the line, but just, just but just. Just so that was not her nature, but she hurt so much, okay? What would happen? And this is why churches don't have altar services anymore. God forbid that someone thinks something in your life is dying, like your marriage or your babies or your own faith or your own soul, and we are perfectly organized with our legs crossed and dying. But on the other side of the stone, there's decomposition and rot. And then every now and then some visitor will come in and disrupt our little religiosity. And someone will be preaching and they'll just run the aisle and they'll say, Oh God, help me! And God does. Oh, that's why I chose to live those years with the stone pushed back. And you got to see my bruises and my oozing and my infection, but you also got to see my resurrection. You see what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Don't ignore the stone. Stop hiding. Tell the truth. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? Man, I didn't know if I was going to make it today. I'm, I'm, I'm barely hanging Tell the truth. Roll the stone away and put your eyes on God. All right. Number 10, the responsibility to believe is on us. And there's just two more. You've almost made it. Number 10, the responsibility to believe is on us. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I submit to you that many of us stay in our tombs because we and the people that we are inner circle do not believe. Possibly that can be the reason. Did I not tell you that if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? Well, that also presupposes that if I don't believe, I won't see the glory of God. It also lets me know that I believe Lazarus, to his dying day, trusted that Jesus was coming. But we think that Jesus is coming means he has to come before it's too late. Oh, I wish I had time to get a row of people here and say, come sit with your pastor if God came after it was too late for you. And they'd come and sit beside me. You go, what happened to you? You don't know. It was too late. It was too far gone. Our little boy Elisha coded twice, twice in the hospital. But Jesus didn't want a funeral that day and came in and touched our little boy and quickened him and brought him back. Thank you. God, my whole life ain't nothing but a resurrection. My whole life raised from my sins, raised to new life, raised to restoration, raised to ministry didn't even in my notes. I just realized my whole life ain't nothing but me dying and him bringing me back. But the responsibility to believe is on you. Did I not tell you if you'd believe you'd see the glory of God? What would happen if you stopped talking about yesterday and talked about who was in front of you? All I know is that the one that can bring me back is right there. I can, I can touch him. And if the stone is moved away... He wouldn't have asked me to move it for my health. I wonder what he's going to do. Let Jesus have access to the grossest places, the darkest places, the dirtiest places, the decomposed places, the places where hope was buried and gone. And then there's the decree. Jesus cried. With a loud voice. Lazarus. Come forth. Listen to this. Lazarus the dead. The one who couldn't hear anything. Feel anything. Say anything or do anything. Lazarus come forth. Well right, right out the gate. You have a problem. Dead people can't hear. Your view. Your temporal view. Hides the miraculous from you. I don't. How do dead people hear? I don't know. So Lazarus, according to the scriptures, before Jesus was resurrected, all the Old Testament saints that looked forward to Messiah were in Upper Hades, a, d- a division between the wicked and the righteous who are waiting. By righteous, I mean those waiting for the Lamb to come, where uh, the 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 Beggar was seen, and the rich man called out to him to dip his tongue. Remember that division. So Lazarus is in there. They're, they know people. They talk to people, and he hears a voice. Lazarus, come forth. You say, "Who is that? Oh, that was the Lord." Well, what you gonna do? I guess I ought to come forth. Church has got so backwards. Christian television is so backwards. We quote ministers instead of the Lord. Come forth. all you need is a come forth. That's all. That's all you need. Lazarus, get up. I got to go, boys. Where are you going? Beats me. But here we go. So. So what did he do? He's. His soul is there, not his body. But you can recognize people. I guess he just turned with whatever obedience he could, and the next thing he knows, he's he's wrapped up. Part of the reason of losing and letting him go is he can't breathe. He he's back in the tomb. What did that feel like? Well, I'll tell you this: if he could feel, then he could feel the sun coming through because the tomb was open. And I believe that he felt that if Jesus called my name, he must be planning to do something. If our musician would come, please. Lazarus, the dead one, got the decree. Lazarus, the one that everyone had given up on. Mary and Martha were wonderful believers, good sisters, faithful witnesses, but they gave up. You don't have to have anybody else participate in your miracle. If they do, wonderful, but you don't have to have them. Lazarus, the one who was only spoken of in past tense. Lazarus, the one who people cried over but didn't believe for. Oh, I could preach a sermon on that. Lazarus, the one people cried over but didn't believe for. Lazarus, the decomposing one. Lazarus, the one who others and himself could not help. The one whose expectation had withered away and whose prayers had grown silent. I submit to you when he died, he no longer prayed. The one with no life, Lazarus. The one with no strength, Lazarus. The one with no ability. Not one variable available at his disposal except for God's intention and willingness to give him a new life. This same Lazarus that had died now has come back as a commercial to the reality of the limitless power of God to give life after death. So when Jesus said, come forth, here comes this guy out of the tomb, walking. What were the people doing? (laughs) You know the people that were just paid mourners? They would pay people to mourn, kind of like fake Instagram followers, you know, to make you look like you have popularity. Even church people did it. They paid mourners to cry, oh, oh. And then when he come out of the ground, oh. <laughs> what did Mary and Martha s- So they took that little napkin off of him. Hey, <laughs> I hope there's a video store in heaven. I think about these things all the time. And so if it's long straps, did they just hold it and let him do this and unwind? <laughs> did they, put <laughs> Did they kickstart him like a, a push-pull mower? You're like, Bruh. and he's like, "Stop it, Martha! I don't, I don't know. I know this: that every piece of cloth they took off, it started to dawn on them. Now listen, it started to dawn on him that Lazarus was getting a reboot. Did did he know how to walk? Well, did it did it feel like I remember how? But I mean, he'd been dead four days. I've never I've not took this journey. Did it take a minute for his eyes to focus? What What did it What did it feel like when they got him untied and he went home and he's sitting in the den? Can I get you some iced tea, Lazarus? That'd be nice. I mean, so how are you? I'm alive. I'm good. I'm, how awkward was it? You know he didn't pay for haircuts. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Lazarus, coming in. No charge, man. Just, just, just you. It's all you. It's... He was the talk of the town. Listen, listen. Here's where, what I'm trying to bring home to you. But as word gets out, it's not about the Lazarus that got up. It's about the Jesus that raised him. You, see? you can't see but this could be just for the glory of God. There's hardly a week goes by in my life. That someone doesn't call me that I do not know. Especially preachers. Hey someone gave me your number. I heard you went through something like this. Do you got a minute? I said buddy I got all night. And I listen and I listen. And I get to focus them back in on the Lord. He's the resurrection man. And. And. If you're dead, you're the prime candidate. And finally, God does the wonders, you do the works. You do the work. God does the deliverance, you got to work out the details. God does the miracles, you have to do the minutia. When God touches you like he did last week, and there was people that left this place last week and now they're just learning how to walk, and they're like, how do I do this new identity? One day at a time, baby. It just is what it is. You, you do the details. You answer the questions. You do the stories. It's like the man that said, all I know is I was once blind and I can't see. You tell him, all I know, last week I wasn't good, but this week I'm good. He touched me. Didn't we used to sing that? He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul, something what happened, and now I know. And he touched me and made me old. So, so last few statements. Change your clothes. Stop. Stop wearing clothes that testify of the death. I know you may find this ridiculous. That's fine. When my precious wife agreed to marry me, I told her I, my last name was DuPont. And we got married and I said, my name's Wood, I ain't got no money. <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, thank you. But when we married, um, I didn't bring a piece of Tupperware from my life before. Nothing, not a T-shirt, not a shirt, nothing. Why? I didn't want nothing smelling like what I come out of. That's just me. I didn't want to look at a t-shirt that reminded me of was something. I just wanted to look at her and the Lord. And I wept first two, three years of marriage. Then I got our babies and wept again. I said, Lord, you're just so so good to me. Change your clothes. I know that one gets attention. And I'll touch on this next week if Jesus tarries. I know that shirt gets sympathy. Change your clothes. And don't put them in the Salvation Army because somebody else will get them. Just throw them away. Just throw them away. Number 2, walk away from the tomb. I know everybody knows you at the tomb and everybody don't know you in town, but you don't need but one person to know you and that's the Lord. Walk away from the tomb. Don't be known by what happened to you. That's why if I did one thing right, one thing right during that season, I stood at this pulpit I said, "Don't feel sorry for me. This happened to me, but this ain't all there is to me." Walk away from the tomb. Number three, don't let the mourners keep crying. Just tell them to shut up. Hey, brother John, stop! You're killing, you're killing me. I don't have the strength. I just learned how to walk yesterday. I just come out the grave, and you just uh, crying. Stop! This is the day the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But wasn't yes? I know. I I was in there. Got you. But just don't do that no more. You don't understand this until you've cried so much you don't ever have to cry again about it. Stop crying. Get away from the mourners. Stop talking about it. Stop rehearsing, nursing, reliving the trauma. If you're going to relive something, relive the resurrection. Learn to walk, talk, laugh, enjoy, cry. And now, live in such a way that the days that follow your resurrection... Are greater than the days before it. Kelly, will you give me that oil, please? You got time for a quick story? At one of the lowest mornings of my life in that office upstairs... I'm like Lord, I'm so sorry for everything. I'm sorry for being a failure. I'm sorry for not having the faith to change things. I'm just sorry, and I know I've embarrassed you in this church. And I'm just, I'm just sorry. I have no excuse. But at the root of that, I felt like. I wasn't his boy anymore. See, that's what the devil's after. Because if I can change relationship through situation, then I got you. And I told the Lord, I said, if you want me to quit, I'll quit. I'll I'll walk away. I'll leave this church so good. I'll bless them. Lord, just tell me. um, Because I don't exist no more. And a man... That I have not seen. Oh my goodness, 20. It has to have been 25 years. Back during the season, George and Robin, when Northside had the church trouble. I haven't talked to him since then. Anybody ever been in the church had church trouble? 29 years we ain't had it. Can someone say, Thank you, Lord? Thank you, Lord. That's because y'all love me and you cover me. So, uh, I get a call from this man I've never, I haven't seen in twenty five years. He said, "Can I talk? Can I see you this morning? I gotta see you this morning." I said, "Sure." He come in my office. He's carrying this thing. I'm like, "What meaneth this?" You know. And I'm just gonna give you the cliff notes. I'm not gonna give you the long story. He said, "The Lord woke me up this, or in my quiet time this morning." He said, have you considered my servant, John? I want you to go find the biggest thing of oil you can find and tell him that he's still my king. Now, it wasn't a compliment and it wasn't a title. My prayer that whole day was, I'm no longer what you've called me to be. And I would always refer to David when Samuel poured the oil on him and he said, you're going to be the king. And I said, I feel like I'm nothing no more to you or anybody. So at this time, now listen, this is a good man. This is, there was a lot of stuff that went on that I still don't know all the details to. But at that time, 25 years ago, there were people on this side of who thought who was right and on this side. and So he was on the side. I just supported my pastor blindly. I'll just tell you that. And I said that to tell you that the Lord knew I would draw the correlation. When he said, and he just told me to tell you that you're his king. And I felt like the Lord anointed my head in the presence of my enemy. Now, he wasn't my enemy anymore, but all that come together. And I looked at this oil and I went, I got it. John, and I I keep this in my office. Right where I do sermon prep and I look up at it. And I said, I am who I am, not because of what I think and feel, but by your design and your intention. And see, you think you're gone. Well, there's a 2.0 of you. There's the one that survives the trauma. There's the one that comes back. There's the one that comes out of the grave. The only thing left to decide is if your tragedy is going to be more well-known in the earth than God's glory in your life. I've asked them to cue a song here. And you know who you are. I believe the Lord is saying to you. Your name. Come forth. And I leave it at that as they play this song. I invite you to come meet with the Lord in this altar. moving ahead, I'm here to declare to you, my past is over in you, all things are made new, surrendered my life to Christ, I'm moving, moving forward. stand with me church sing it out the Lord would you, would you all do something on our way out today just, just for heaven I, I, my mom and I were talking about this I believe that there are times when the Lord just pulls the drapes back and lets them see us the great cloud of witnesses what, what if today was it if God has brought you back in your life from the dead before the 2.0. I want you just to come and stand around the front, and we're going to dismiss He Said, so I just want to testify that they had buried me and gave up hope. They'd wrote me off. Quay, they wrote us off. And look at us. Look at this. Just find your way. Come spread out. I just couldn't leave without testifying of God giving me a reboot and a startup glory to Your great name, God. Glory to Your great name. And we thank you today, Lord, in this altar. You didn't have to do what you did, but you did it with great power and glory. Much of what we experienced could have been from our sin or choices, but your grace covered us and you, you helped us. Others, we didn't deserve it at all, but you still met with us. Our family wrote us off and said they'll never come back from this one and look at what the Lord has done. Blessed be your great name. Blessed be your great name. Those in the altar, look this way. This is the final thing I'm telling you. We're going to be dismissed. I told Kelly, I just sat at my desk yesterday, and I just, I just cried like a child. It's not always that way. Dermon sermon prep, I was playing this song, and I remember the morning of our wedding. None of y'all knew we were going to have a wedding, but we were going to have a wedding. And that song, I would prepared it for the week, and it said, What a moment you've brought me to! See, some of y'all still give your pastor credit for things he didn't do. My character didn't keep me. My integrity, my no, no. He brought me out of a grave and brought me to a day. He said, "Now this one's going to love you this way." And I got babies coming. I said, "What a what a moment you brought me to!" And what a peace I found in you. See. Once you've died, this I waited all morning to tell you this. Once you've died, that stuff don't scare you no more. Oh, will you lose your job? Lose my job. I died, (laughs) bruh. Us Lazarus 2.0, you can't scare us with nothing. I'm serious. I'm just waiting on the return of the Lord. You've been graced. Now tell your story in such a way. That the trauma gets that much attention and let them see the goodness of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day this morning. Don't forget to visit the table for your Sunday school teachers. Meet them this week.